Ohio. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. <laughs> all right. Whew. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley. David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, a whole lot to get to, as always. I usually say something right before we go on the air to get Robbins all riled up, and he's there. <laughs> Let's talk about Apple for a second, David. All right, yeah. Well, as we know, Apple turned off the airdrop feature on its phones in China, and uh, protesters in China have been using the airdrop feature to get around the Internet firewalls that the Communist Party have set up in the country. Because you go peer-to-peer, right? Right. So okay. if you have real-time information about where police are, where the authorities are, what the next move is, you can share it via airdrop and get around any sort of internet firewalls well uh, apple at the request of the chinese communist party has said okay we'll turn that feature off of the phones um and, and it's interesting that uh now you've got a situation here in the u.s where our government doesn't have a whole lot to say about that especially it's odd because well they're keeping an eye on elon musk's takeover of a social media company Watching very closely, so yeah. Jean Pierre. Well, that yeah, that's a, that's a national security issue, but an American company doing the bidding of a hostile authoritarian regime—that our business, really. Uh, one of the spokesmen, and actually our number one enemy. Yeah, one of the spokesmen for the White House, John Kirby, was asked about that little discrepancy on Fox News. John Kirby. Uh, we, you know, we're not, we can't, and we aren't in the business of of telling private companies how to to execute oh. uh, their their initiatives. Yeah, but Twitter's yes, a private company too. So why is Twitter getting one treatment and Apple's getting another? Is my question. Well, these are completely two different circumstances. You're talking about the potential. Well, you're talking about the uh, the potential for perhaps uh, foreign investment and involvement uh, in the management of Twitter. That's a different issue than. What we're talking about here, which is a business decision by Apple with respect to how one of their... I love the fact that Martha McCallum raised that and then hammered right back. That was good. Uh, Applications is being utilized. Certainly they're getting influenced by by a foreign government, uh, and that government is China. And Apple's uh, policies, uh, they've changed policies specifically for China. Sure, I don't have any communications to speak to specifically with Apple executives. Again, it's a private company. Oh, got it. So in that case, private company. Mm-hmm. Okay. A little different then. Well, I mean, don't, don't you think it's, it is actually a national security issue here when a communist regime can tell an American company what to do? <clears throat> yes. Like that? Because like, this isn't just not rolling out a product even, which I do have a problem with, but every country has a right to, to do this. This is about actually actively participating in the communist government and their crackdown on free speech. Not only that, think about TikTok. Right. I mean, it, 
your mind gets blown when you really start thinking about that and the comparison. Because we know that TikTok is taking all of Americans' private information and storing it. We don't do anything about it. Nope, that's fine. But yeah, the Twitter thing, we're keeping an eye on that. Yeah. Because that might, well, that might be a real problem for us in the future because it might tell all of our secrets and how we've been colluding with big tech to suppress information and to control the thoughts of the citizens of the United States. Because that's exactly what's happened. I never thought we'd be taking policy decisions from Alyssa Milano and Bette Midler, but we are. Oh, yeah, of course we are. (laughs) By the way, did you see the Fox reporter asking Apple CEO Tim Cook just some questions? He wouldn't say anything. He he just kept walking. The Chinese people's right to protest? Yes, Tim Cook from Apple. Hello? Nothing? Do you have any reaction to the factory workers that were beaten and detained for protesting COVID lockdowns? Hmm. Nothing about that, huh? Do you regret restricting airdrop access that protesters used to evade surveillance from the Chinese government? At this point, you know he's not going to answer anything, but you just keep asking anyway. It's fun. Do you think it's problematic to do business with the Communist Chinese Party when they suppress human rights? Hmm. Yeah. Nope, nothing there. Hmm. The reality is he doesn't have to say anything. Tim Cook is one protected by every member of Congress or most members of Congress in both parties. And so mm-hmm. nothing's going to happen. Well, you know what he was doing last night? What's that? He was at the president's table. The big oh, dinner yeah. with McCall. Mm-hmm. Making TikTok, from big TikTok videos there. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I know, I know it is, These but people. Yeah, but we know what's going on, We man. do know what's going on. We know. Yes. Everybody knows. By the way, so that's happening. And then you have former President Obama. He's out campaigning yeah. for the great reverend Raphael Warnock. Yeah. yeah, yeah. he was in Atlanta stumping for Democratic Senate candidate Raphael Warnock and had a really interesting turn of phrase when talking about the Republican candidate Herschel Walker. Yeah, because he was intimating he was kind of crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. We all know some folks in our lives who we don't wish them ill will. They say crazy stuff. We're all like, well, you know, Uncle Joe, you know what happened to him. You know, it's okay. They're part of the family. But you don't give them serious responsibilities. (laughs) Right. And, you know, Obama, again... he probably absolutely meant Joe Biden, and he's just telegraphing, what's anybody going to do about it? Yeah, we, we put Joe Biden in there. We know he's out of his mind. We don't give him real responsibilities. Are you kidding me? So but, you don't think that was a Freudian slip? You think he did it on purpose? Oh, I think so, because you know what? The one thing that, that Obama loves to do when he's got something cooking, and when everybody knows that he does, but nobody is allowed to say anything about it, lest they get called racist. Mm-hmm. He loves to rub it in people's faces that he's doing it. What's wrong with that? <laughs> Listen, man, I, I don't hate the player. I hate the game. Okay? I can't stand either. Uh, the other part that's just funny to me, and we've pointed this out before, it, usually it's Hillary Clinton is the queen, I guess, of it. The further you go south, the oh, more yeah. the accent changes. Oh, sure. 
And Barack really got into it there. Old Barry, man, he can he can reach in for the accent when he wants to. Especially, man, can we go to the part where he says family? Okay. And it goes, family. Yeah. Because he's got to have the accent. It's okay. It, it, they're part of the family. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. But you don't give them serious responsibilities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can just kind of weave into the accents and then get back out and mm-hmm. then speak very stately when he needs to. Oh, yeah. Even at the very beginning of that, the way the way he inflected there. We all know some folks in our lives yeah. who we don't wish them ill will. <laughs> what a joke. It's man. kind of a southern meets tent revival sort of vibe. Sure. Maybe a southern tent revival. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel no ways well, that's, tired. <laughs> that's always going to be the champ. I'm too far. I don't <laughs> That's an incredible achievement. Nobody told me that the road would be easy. I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. Well, he did. That, that is that is reaching the summit of Mount Pander and planting yes. your flag firmly atop. Pandering Becky Sue. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the president, yeah. Biden, said, yeah. who is a great ally? Some guy named some guy named Frank. Frank, no kidding, is. no kidding. So Joe Biden, you mentioned, uh, hosted the president of France, Emmanuel Macron, at a state mm-hmm. dinner, and Biden says, "I'm not only a fan of France, but I also really like some guy named Frank." Frank, yeah, roll it. France was our first ally, first country to fly the American flag after our revolution, and Frank hosted the first diplomatic post before more than anything else france has been our first friend (laughs) that frank guy he's pretty good france is great okay all right but frank's the guy who who put up the first diplomatic post It's names, it's hard, it's words, you know. Javier Bacaria. Whatever, Becerra. Come on, man. You know. Come on, man. I know. He's going to have his first meeting with the King of England and call it Uck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh, man. Frank was the guy who drove him to the event. Did you see any pictures from that event, too? Yeah. Rolling out the red carpet? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Doesn't it just make you sick? And, it, you, and really, there were some people last night on social media that were showing pictures of that, and then rail workers who got totally hosed oh, yeah. by the Democrats. Totally hosed. Like, see, this is, this is who these people really are. Biden's the world. And look at all the other people there at this big dinner. Mm-hmm. They're the working man's political party? Give me a freaking break, man. Not even close. Um, but we'll get into um, how the rail workers really were betrayed. And there's also a point from some Republicans that are saying, you know what, we should be backing those workers, which is really interesting. We'll get to that coming up.
the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Well, David, uh, the rail workers' unions uh, did not get what they wanted. Uh, well, no, they didn't. So uh, President Biden today has signed a law into legislation, or I'm sorry, into law legislation, uh, to force a rail labor agreement blocking workers from striking ahead of this holiday season. So that's the report today from Axios, that Biden has signed this law that avoids a strike on the part of rail, rail workers. And, you know, everybody saw this one coming because a majority of the members really wanted, what was it, seven days of paid sick leave? And they got one. And that was yep. part of that tentative agreement that was made just before the midterm elections. And everybody knew what this... Biden brokered? Yeah, right. At, at like yeah, 9 okay. o'clock, he's making right, phone calls. Yeah. Amtrak Joe loves the unions, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. And they do this nice little trick where they say a majority of the unions ratified that agreement. And technically that is true. But a majority of the workers, meaning the three unions that mm-hmm. did not ratify that agreement, actually represent a majority of rail workers. And so they were saying, no, we want this paid sick time. And Joe said, well, we got the holiday season coming up. We're in a recession. We can't afford to have the rails shut down. So up yours, uh, Congress drafts this legislation. Uh, It passes through, and Joe Biden signed it today. And so congratulations, unions. Y'all got played yet again. You know, known a lot of rail union workers. It was my dad. Sure. All his buddies. Mm -hmm. So I've watched this. And at the same time, it's interesting, just within the last month or two, I was going to see my dad and I was listening to a podcast with Jordan Peterson and Josh Hawley, who is the senator from Missouri. And Hawley was making the point that Republicans should really be working toward being the working class party. Right? Yeah. And he he really laid it out last night, saying if D.C. Republicans want to be a working class party, they might want to do something for workers. Just a thought. Tells you everything you need to know. Workers wanted sick days. Biden was against it. Biden and the Senate just forced workers to shut up and take it. At the behest of Joe Biden, U.S. Senate is now using federal law to force railroad workers to accept contracts they voted to reject. Joe Biden and the suits on one side, railroad workers on the other side. Easy call. GOP wants to be a working class party or should want to. We're about to have our first test vote with the workers or with Biden. And then a couple other points, man, when you think about it. said, it's interesting. During COVID, tech people got to work from home as long as they liked. But railroad workers can't get more than one sick day? How many White House employees are still working remote? Didn't Mayor Pete take 45 days off during a supply chain crisis? (laughs) But railroad workers can't get more than one sick day? By the way, with all this strike, where is freaking Mayor Pete? Isn't he the transportation secretary? Yeah, he is. I've asked that question for three days. Now. You have? Yeah. Where is he? So, yeah, that's really something to think about. Well, there. they govern by shut up and take it. That's how they govern. Yes, but to do Don't it like to it, your, quote, own up. people. Yeah. Right, yeah. That you're saying, there's nobody more pro-union than me. Well. Amtrak Joe. I mean. That's what well, people call it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> That nobody ever has. You know, again, yeah. I, I think the time to really have, and this isn't about Josh Hawley in particular, the time to have the conversation 
was when they still had the leverage before the midterm elections. I agree. Yes. And, you know, it, it's it's like I get where Josh Hawley's coming from. I, I get where these union workers are coming from, from but y'all's leadership screwed you. <laughs> I mean, that that's it. So I'm, I am yeah. actually kind of having trouble forming any sympathy because at, at a certain point, y'all do actually have to take accountability for the people who represent you. Oh, I I agree with you. And at the same time, would say Holly has a great point moving sure. forward as a political party. Right. Wouldn't that be quite a twist, though? Dude, Man. how many people do we know that if they vote Democrat, the only reason why is because of a union? Right. That's it. There's nothing else that aligns with the party. That's it. Like you said, something to think about. Um, speaking of conservatives, this is a top polling firm. All right. When I see top polling firm, it could be and it can be legit. And sometimes people have other motives, just giving you what the data is. So Ron DeSantis now, Florida governor, more popular among those who voted for Trump in 2020 than Trump going forward. Do you believe that? Yes. I tend to believe it. Yeah. I Yeah, kind of. I. I think one of the big differences right now is that, you know, Ron DeSantis is still making waves. We talked about it yesterday where he uh, is divesting in or I'm sorry, he's removing BlackRock from the equation when it comes to managing state assets. And BlackRock is the big, you know, ESG globalist fund Mm -hmm. or or manager, I should say. So, I, I mean, that they're, you know, he's making moves. And unfortunately, whenever you hear Donald Trump speak, it's all about 2020 and like dude come on move on the one thing about this poll that i think is reflective of the people we've talked to because when you're just talking to regular people and getting a sense Mm -hmm. it's different than what you read especially in a national publication you know what i'm saying sure what it said in the poll is it found that trump is generally liked among republicans 70 percent viewing him favorably which i think yes but that there were, what is it, how many? Down significantly is people that view him as the head of the party. And they're looking more toward DeSantis. So some of the numbers that came out of this, oh man, and this is where you really get it, split ticket voters. 64% of all voters, including 60% of Republicans, 63% of independents, and 65% split ticket say Donald Trump was a major reason for the Republican Party's poor performance in the midterms. Trump viewed unfavorably by almost one in three voters who backed Republicans in the midterms, including 33% of people that call themselves Reagan Republicans. And now DeSantis has more crossover appeal than both Trump and Biden. He has a minus three favorability among independents, okay, compared to minus 27 for Biden, minus 39 for Trump. Just something to watch. Yep. Yay West, off the rails, the latest on that. Wow. Straight ahead. Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer. The millennial David Van Camp and the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. 
Okay. Oh, we got What's Your Story coming up. There's some doozies to get to as well with that. I'm looking forward to it. glory. Yes. Elon Musk has suspended uh, Yay West. But you don't say Yay West. It's just Yay. It's one word now. just Yay, yeah. And you're still going to call him Kanye West. Okay. Whichever. He suspended him because yesterday... Well, he went. Yay! Yeah, that's the whole thing if you're just joining us. Thank you. Anytime his name is mispronounced, an old clip of Scott will correct and say, Yay! Booted right. off of Twitter because of all of the anti Semitic stuff. It was nuts yesterday, David. Yeah, it was. We played a lot of the clips, and I mean, he's talking about uh, doing Chinese water torture on himself, how he liked Hitler, and. The the weirdest, I mean, well, I don't know if I can. The Nazis get a bad rap. Yeah, Nazis get a bad rap. He had a, he had like a butterfly net and a bottle of YooHoo, and Mm -hmm. that was supposed to be. He was calling the YooHoo Yahoo, and so he was going after Benjamin Netanyahu of Israel. I thought you were making this up. No, no, no. That's actually what he that (laughs) that's actually what he had. So he had the net and Yahoo. When really it was Net and Yuhu, but then Netten is what he called him, but I thought it was Net and. Anyway, the guy's out of his freaking mind. But Net uh, would sing to him uh, during this interview with Alex Jones. I mean, it, it was... Um, oh, boy. Yeah, I did see one comment on, on social media that was <laughs> made me laugh about the whole Yuhu thing because Kanye West is sitting there on Alex Jones's set. He's got the pantyhose thing over his face, and he's got this bottle of Yoo-Hoo, and this guy, uh, Sam Rudikoff, says, Yoo-Hoo catches the biggest stray foul in all of history. (laughs) (laughs) And it was was something to see Alex Jones that uncomfortable. Yeah, that was pretty remarkable. And so all of this happens, and then you saw this last night on Twitter— what Kanye West Yay, dude. tweeted out. So, yeah, now he's like saying we all need to come together or something. And it was this, um, it was a logo that was a combination of the swastika and the Star of David. And, dude. Yeah. But you knew that was it. Yeah. And then he posted a tweet acknowledging that he was about to be banned, saying, well, everyone, we had a nice run. And then he had this tweet, including screenshots of a text message conversation that he was having with Elon Musk, where Musk had told Kanye Yay! (laughs) regarding the tweet that contained the Nazi swastika, or swastika, uh, sorry, but you've gone too far. This is not love. To which Kanye responded to Musk, who made you the judge? Hmm. Let's always remember this is my final tweet. And what was the final tweet? It was somebody that was squirting with a hose, Elon Musk, with a shirt off there on a boat. And it's not a flattering picture of Elon Musk. He doesn't go self-tanner, you can tell. Mm -hmm. Just put it that way. And so then that was it. Musk then issued the one-word statement after his decision to suspend Kanye West. Yay! That just said, all caps, F-A-F-O, which I want to believe was originally coined by David Van Camp, because I've heard it many times, and that's F around and find out. Yeah. I did not. I cannot take credit for that, but... Okay. Yeah. 
It is one of my favorite phrases of all time. I would say top five, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. He's uh, done there. Mm-hmm. And now you've had to take all of your Kanye West Yay! off of your playlist. Well, that guy is deeply disturbed, and it just—it seems to me, watching, sitting down and watching a good portion of that interview with Alex Jones, um, and I, I don't think Kanye should be uh, banned from Twitter. Yay! I, did he threaten to kill somebody? Did he threat? I mean, like that's that would take it to a different level. But I mean, I think what he's saying and writing is abhorrent. But I mean. Free speech means you're free to dig your own grave. Um, but Yeah, I totally get that. At the same time, yeah, yeah, it's like there's this performative aspect to it where it's like he's it's basically like he's telling an elaborate joke that's just for his own benefit. Like he does he doesn't care if you're in on it or not, and he's just doing it. And I and I, I'm like, dude, shut up. You you need to go away for a little while, get some help. Well, that's it, man. Yeah. Do you want to say what you said earlier, Scott? Off air. Because I, because I there, really I'm telling you, there's so many there's so many people I, thinking it, and this isn't going to well, send him over the edge. You're I, afraid you're going to find out he's dead. Well, yes. yeah. I, I mean this this thought went through my head last night, and I'm like, do I even share this with you guys? What do you mean? It's, Why you question? It's you share so with us. dark to me. I mean, it's just. You know, I'm not rooting for it. I don't want it to happen, but it wouldn't surprise anyone. No, that's what happens, man, when somebody is going into madness that deep. I mean, there's been all the stuff about bipolar. We went over all this yesterday. Dude. But I think with pretty much anybody, you want them to get help and just be. Yeah. I know it's set off in the best version of themselves or healthy, whatever you want to say. That's what your hope is. He's not seemingly close to that no and and who is who is advising him who's around him who's with him day to day is there anybody isn't that the problem you brought up david yeah i mean he doesn't he's kanye west he's going to do what he wants to do at the end of the day i mean that that's it he's got a it's going to have to be if he's going to make a lifestyle change it's got to be because he hit rock bottom and realizes he needs help getting out you can't force a guy like that into oh, doing no. something. I mean, he no. It is it's like I, an addict. I did. I did see one that I. I one comment that I thought was pretty funny though, <clears throat> which is Britney Spears's dad is free. You know, <laughs> just put it out there. <laughs> yeah. All right, we got to move on. Gosh, we gotta, you know what? It's time for. It's time for. As we're going through preparation, there's a story that usually trips trigger a little. What's yours today, David? What's your story? Uh, today, my story is uh, it's an update to a story that we talked about a couple of months ago. Uh, so California's Department of Justice has been investigating this situation where the applications for uh, concealed carry permits, which included private information of judges, retired and current police officers, that database just happened to get made public. And thousands of people's personal information uh, was was out there available for download. In fact, so many people were downloading Whoa. the information that the website crashed. So you're talking about 200,000 people affected by this. It, not even a data breach. Someone just put it up there available for people to see. And in California at the time, uh, you know, well, this was just after the Supreme Court invalidated this, but it was a, it was a May issue state, which means you, if, you were con- if you were applying for a concealed carry permit, 
you had to give a reason, a good reason, right, according to the state, for why you need to carry a gun. And so all of that, so you have people who presumably had a pretty good reason to have a gun, and that's why they were applying for the license to carry one, and the state of California doxed them. Now, the good news is the state of California says the state of California didn't do it on purpose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who believes that? The, the timing of it is very suspect, though, because this was after the Supreme Court ruling on, this was on New York's gun law, but it also applied to, obviously, California, because they had a similar system about the May issue uh, problem. Like, can you have the state make a judgment call when it should be an objective call about whether or not somebody can have a license to carry a concealed handgun? And and so it just so happens that a couple of days after that ruling, the state of California, which is very mad about it, happens to dox 200,000 people. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure that was just a clerical error. Thank you for the update on that. Robbins, what's your story? Uh, Switzerland could be the first com- the first country to impose driving bans on e-cars in an emergency to ensure energy security. Holy smokes. The- you imagine that? You get yourself that electric e-car. car? Yeah. Can't drive it this winter. Sorry, got to nope. have the heat. Oh, man. The private use of electric cars is only going to be permitted for absolutely necessary journeys. Professional practice. Shopping, visiting the doctor, attending religious events, attending court appointments. And also a very strict speed limit, stricter than now, is going to go into limit how fast you can drive these electric cars. You people worried about electric <laughs> cars and you're, you're just... All you are is conspiracy theorists. Nothing's yeah. going to happen. Most of the electricity in Switzerland comes from hydropower. However, the country also imports electricity from Germany and France. There are bottlenecks, so the electricity could become very scarce in Switzerland. Freezer drive, that's your choice. <laughs> wow, that's something, man. That's Let's go answer. green, everybody. Come on. <laughs> uh, for my story today, um, it is the news that's been out for a little while, and there was another update that sperm counts worldwide have halved over the past five decades. Mm. The pace of decline has more than doubled since 2000. Holy smokes. For a number of different reasons. Okay, lack of exercise, guys are getting fatter. There's there's a whole multitude of reasons. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that society has been feminized just a bit. Really? Don't know if you've taken notice of that at all. Jeez. Anyway, last night, Tucker Carlson has on this professor from Harvard, Dr. Carmen Bersilian, and was talking about the record low sperm count. I think the first question he asked was, are you surprised? She's like, no, because I talk about it every day. (laughs) This is what I do. But then she gets into part of it about dudes. And what we've seen is men have gotten fatter, they've gotten unhealthier. Um, Men's health is in general decline and as a result of that we see measures of that in sperm but we also see changes in men's testosterone levels, we see changes in men's sexual performance in how they um, how they uh, their moods, their energy, uh, their rates of depression have gone up. That's sad and that's a number of different reasons. Uh 
You know, and I don't know where your mind goes to when you hear that part of the information. Does it go to any certain thing or thought? No? Well, well there's a couple say things. It. No, I mean, we have conversations about the softness of the uh, lack of masculinity and how masculinity has been stripped away because, after all, you can't be masculine because you're part of the culture. The toxic masculinity. The toxic masculinity yeah. culture, yeah. So and st- instead of the natural young instincts men are tapped down to to for to harness it yes. for good, yeah. Like the rest of history, what did you think, David? Oh, when when I hear about this type of performance issue, you could say it's two things: it's porn and video games. Yeah, man. There's well, what's the incentive it, yeah. to to actually be healthy or be confident? enough to try to find someone to pair up with, for example, to, to what's the incentive to actually want to perform in a way that maybe men have performed in the past, in decades past. There isn't one. When you can get some uh, immediate you know, dopamine kicks from both video games and porn, you don't need relationships. You don't need to impress anybody for that. Well, that's a loop, too. That's an addictive loop. Sure it is. Yeah. And you see that happening all the time. Right now, and they're, you know... Plenty of men listening right now going, video games, and then, you know, shaking hands with it. I, I don't la, want to be talking. Whatever you want to say, man, that doesn't sound too gratifying. Right. But to somebody that's never known anything else, yeah. and you're in that addiction loop, she goes on with this. This is also interesting. How they, uh, their moods, their energy, uh, their rates of depression have gone up. Um, and this is, this is bad for women, too, because uh, heterosexual yeah. women want men to be healthy and uh, happy, and women want to be satisfied sexually. And if men are, um, are um, well, if their health is in peril, then our health is in peril, too, which is really important for the kind of work that I do. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Boy, nobody wants to say that. Okay, last question. Women want to be satisfied sexually, and if men are... Um, yeah, they're not. You know what happens. They become angry old liberals with a bunch of cats. <laughs> That's not good for society or anybody. Out of this, all right. What? It's not just angry liberals who have cats. I, said, I thought I was talking about women that are not oh, satisfied. Okay. I wasn't talking about you. Right, well, you throw you lump cats in there. Cats got nothing to do with it. All right? <laughs> Leave Man. cats alone. Holy cow! You're very defensive there, Scott. Wow. Okay. All right. News update. Straight ahead. Right here. Camp and Robin show. Okay, man. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I can't believe what I just saw on the news monitor. <laughs> Debate. Should you charge family for Christmas dinner? <laughs> Is it that tough out there? <laughs> Holy smokes. Well, what are you making? Well, I guess think about it this way. Yeah, true. I true. just saw it. If you've got 12 people coming over, that ain't cheap. Yeah. Especially with inflation no. where it's at. I think I think the difference though is uh how far the family had to travel because if they had to get on a flight then yeah you eat the cost of the food that you're preparing in my opinion. Yeah, but if it would be like a lot of people's situations like I think almost all of ours you might be driving across town or you know somewhere within an hour. Yeah. 
and you've been sort of the deadbeat that's just been eating the free food for years, maybe we should kick in a little. <laughs> Have you seen gas prices, though? They're coming down. Okay, <laughs> that's right. I saw that all over Good Morning America yeah. and the Today Show, monitoring that this morning. It's good news, right? You just stop and pick up some potato salad. Done. <laughs> Sam Bankman-Fried, he's quite the dude. Yeah, still a lot of questions as to how this guy was able to steal so many billions of dollars from people without anyone in the government noticing. And, of course, this thing was not a sophisticated scam with FTX. He was doing it pretty much in the open. And it's been suggested that one reason regulators weren't on to him is because he was this big cash cow for the Democratic Party. Now, we we don't have to play the audio here, but liberal commentators uh, who have been struggling with this are latching on to something he told Tiffany Fong in an interview earlier this week, where he says, well, I gave gave, uh, Republicans an equal amount of money, but it was dark money because of Citizens United. It was invisible. People are treating that like gospel. Like, this guy's a known fraudster and liar, and yet this imaginary money is somehow this gotcha moment. They only believe what they want to believe, man. This is the Barkley Van Camp and Robert Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, it's a great day. First country to fly the American flag after our revolution. And Frank hosted the first diplomatic post. Frank or France? It was was supposed to be France, but apparently there was a fellow named uh, named, uh, Frank who was really nice as well. Hmm. And Frank. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Frank and France, all those people. You Mm -hmm. know the thing. He invented tube-type meat. Yeah, right. Well, yes. What we're hearing is that the conversation between President Biden and President Emmanuel Macron of Frank is mm-hmm. that it was a very France and honest conversation. <laughs> there you go. And the value of the Frank went down. Yeah. <laughs> That's sad. Golly. Okay. Let's talk about. Biden corruption, because the one thing we learned this week is voting Americans, not just Republicans, but also independents, few Democrats, do want an investigation into the Biden family and all these supposed dirty deals with these other companies in other countries or other countries themselves from Hunter Biden's laptop, right? Yes. Yeah. And so some of these questions have been brought up, David. Yeah, well, uh, Democrats really, 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 really in Washington don't want to talk about Joe Biden's corruption, especially when it comes to Ukraine. Don't want to pull on that thread too much because, well, we're giving Ukraine a whole lot of money. Um, So Republican Senator Ted Cruz asked the dude who's nominated to be ambassador to Estonia about something Joe Biden said a few years ago. Now, this nominee was deeply involved in America's interest in Ukraine as well years ago. Uh, so he, he may know something about this. 
and remember the clip Joe Biden bragged about holding up funding to Ukraine to force them to fire a prosecutor. And here's that moment from Joe. Yes. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours. I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Got fired. That prosecutor, who was he looking into? Hmm. Oh, Burisma. Yeah. Yeah. Who was paying out Hunter Biden oodles of cash to do nothing. Hmm. That sounds like corruption. Yeah. So Ted Cruz brings it up, and the chair of the committee, uh, Gene Shaheen, didn't like that at all. Oh. Well, son of a bitch. He got fired. Let me ask you something. Do you think Joe Biden holding a billion dollars hostage to force the Ukrainian government to fire the prosecutor that is investigating the corrupt oligarch who's paying his son a million dollars a year? Did getting that prosecutor fired benefit that oligarch? Thank you, Senator Cruz. Senator Van Hall. Are you going to allow him to answer the question, Madam Chairman? I am not going to allow him to answer the question. I'm Why are you covering for the him. vice president? Do you not I'm want not... him to answer that question? He said that, that the vice president has nothing to benefit I think the it's unfortunate for you, Senator Cruz, to put in position that are uncomfortable the nominees to be our ambassadors. Okay, this is... <laughs> It's not nice <laughs> it's for not. you to put them in an uncomfortable position to answer questions. Oh, Shame on you. The, are we going to label that as hate? Mm-hmm. <laughs> not nice. Wait till your father gets home. <laughs> what is that? David, you followed politics very closely. What is that? That's shut up. Stop asking questions. But it's not nice to actually say that? To make someone uncomfortable with a question? For you, Senator Cruz, to put in position that are uncomfortable, the nominees to be our ambassadors. Okay, this is because his they sworn have, testimony. This is I his sworn that. testimony. And I he, understand that and you want to cover for the vice president. that he is going to raise those concerns anytime. Was his testimony true or false that Biden did nothing to benefit the oligarch? I don't know Let him answer the question. Was. Why are you afraid of him answering the question? I'm not. I just want to move on. Oh, oh no, I just want to move on. Oh, oh, oh. Now she's mad. Just pretend it never happened. Hmm. That's my truth. It didn't happen. Move on. <laughs> Meanie. Yeah. Unreal, man. Really? Is, do you remember, too, when Biden was asked about it on the campaign trail? Mm-hmm. And he tried to deflect on Trump, and then he went into one of his old guy rages? This was something, dude. Here's what I know. I know Trump deserves to be investigated. He is violating every basic norm of a president. You should be asking him the question. Why is he on the phone with a foreign leader trying to intimidate a foreign leader? If that's what happened. Trying to intimidate a foreign leader. You're not getting the billion dollars. (laughs) Unless he's fired. Unreal, dude. Yeah. And don't forget, Frank is a great ally. Yes. That's that's our president. Okay, a lot of news about Twitter, of course, and the left freaking out over Elon Musk. It seems to me, at least at this point of the proceedings, Elon Musk is doing a great thing. I don't know that that's going to last forever, but up until this point, I'm enjoying what's happening. Mm-hmm. Well, the and thing I think is, it's good. you look at the people who are pissed and you think, well, he's right over the target. What, what? Because I mean, you can actually tell the truth? About it. I mean, but the, but the, the, the people that are stompy-foot about it and blowing fire out of their mouths are the exact same people that you would want, you would, you would take no advice from well, to talk and, and about, should be offended. To they talk about offended. COVID, 
Right, you can't talk about any of that. The vaccines, whatever it is. Yeah. But David has some sort of news update. What is this, David? Well, just just a reminder that Elon Musk is, is, I don't think he's a bad guy. I also don't think he's necessarily a good guy either. I, I didn't say he was a good guy. I don't know him, but I think he's doing good things. Yeah, well, Elon Musk says his Neuralink company is now seeking permission to test its brain implant in people soon. Oh! There's a story a while back about they're, they're testing them out on monkeys, and like 98% of the monkeys died. <laughs> oh, which, no. Which the weirdest thing... Oh, my gosh, look at Robin, dude. I got to paint the picture for you if you're listening right now. The look of sadness in Robin's eyes, like, nah, not They killed him? Monkey killer? Golly, <laughs> man. Okay, that's unnecessary. Which, I know what a monkey sounds chips like. chips in their brains, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, is. what are you going to test on a human? No, I'm not going to test him on anybody. What do you think this is, a COVID vaccine? Chips don't belong in your brain. Well, the, the crazy part is that, that you know, even though 98% of the monkeys died, that means like 2% of the monkeys, I think it represents about 30-some-odd monkeys are out there right now with computer chips in their brains. Taking over cities. That's yeah. it. <laughs> right. Let me ask you again, what is the purpose of the chips in the brain? So, theoretically, uh, what Elon Musk has said and what other researchers around the world working on similar projects have said is that they want to use this to sort of patch some gaps that may exist in people who, who are paralyzed uh, or who have limited motor function, mm-hmm. potentially Alzheimer's. To, in or, basically, it just reprograms the brain a little bit to allow for better movement or better thought processing, things like that. Of course, that could be really good. We, yeah, I mean, in some situations, uh, that may be the the good thing to do. Um, but then there are other applications that are yeah. being looked into, like, hey, you know, making your react just like you know, a person who is otherwise able bodied, uh, making their reaction time better, and you know, then I start going down the uh, super soldier rabbit hole stuff, and I don't, I don't like it. I don't, I'm very creeped out by that. Yes. Also, 98% but, of the monkeys involved died. Well, listen, man, I am not one to say let's kill monkeys. But in anything, you're going to have to test on something, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, Fauci did it with beagles. No one seemed to care. It's Jeez. weird. He killed the beagles. So I don't know about that, but as far as Alzheimer's or someone that's paralyzed... And somehow that person can be reprogrammed. Is that the way you're saying it, David? And they can walk. Well, yeah, it patches some gaps. So what it is, is okay. with the Neuralink, it's it's the size of a coin, and it's put under the skin, in on your head, and then there are ultra thin wires that go into your brain. And the idea is to sort of, you know, if there's a, if there's a disconnect, wherever that disconnect is happening, uh, in your nervous system, the idea is that it patches that. And is and and so allows you to actually have motor function, something like that. Okay. Put asterisks next to baseball records. <laughs> <laughs> Guys can hit like two hundred home runs. <laughs> It'll just be Mark McGuire. Each team will be allowed to have one guy with the implant. Yeah. <laughs> he is a brilliant dude. I mean, there's no disputing that. Oh yeah. Talking about Musk. And, yeah, I think the conversation goes back and forth, and you've talked about this before, David. Is he Tony Stark? I don't think he's this evil guy that's looking to take over civilization, but who knows? I don't think so. 
do you have to bet one way or another? Which way are you going? I'm going with Tony Stark at this point. Mm. Right. <laughs> do you not want to answer that, David? You're not sure. I'm not. I'm, I'm not going Tony Stark. If you had to say, evil Bond villain Tony Stark, it's one or the other. I'd probably gotta, honestly, I'd probably go with uh, with with the evil villain. Really? Yeah. But you, Scott, tiebreaker. No, I don't think so. Okay. So you're volunteering for the brain chip testing? Yeah, I am. <laughs> like, no, you're I, not. I'd say one of those sympathetic evil masterminds, maybe. Like, you kind of understand where he's coming from, but... Man, I want to believe the good in people. I do. But I've been a sucker so many times. <laughs> Burned. All right, much more to get to. Hillary Clinton... <laughs> She said pro-lifers are similar to around. What? How is that? That and much more coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. David, I saw your headline that just says Hillary Clinton says pro-lifers are similar to Iran. Yeah. What? That's according to, uh, yes, Hillary Clinton, who did an interview with Christian Amanpour. Oh, goodness. On PBS. It was the newly minted PBS Insufferable Hour. And I think (laughs) they're doing a great job. I mean, that's truth in advertising right there. So, Christian Amanpour... Talking about all the strides that Hillary Clinton has helped women make over the decades. And, yeah. (laughs) I know, I mean, okay. Am I missing something? What? Do you want to just play it? Yeah, I'll just play it, just roll it. Much of the progress that has been, I think, taken for granted by too many people uh, is under attack, literally under attack in uh, places like Iran or Afghanistan or Ukraine, where rape is a tactic of war, or under attack by political and cultural forces in a country like our own when it comes to uh, women's uh, health care and uh, bodily autonomy. And we're going to go around the world with health care. Yeah. And we're going to go around the world with you in a second, but first about precisely what you're talking about and where you are. Uh, Arkansas itself, I believe, rapidly moved to make a woman's right to choose illegal in, in your state or your former home state. And you're hosting this conference. Talk to me about the, the confluence of both these events. This pushback on American women's rights at the same time as you're trying to figure a way forward. Well, you're absolutely right. Um, we are here at the Clinton Presidential Center um, with a. Are you going to make it, Scott? Just the. <laughs> We're here at the Clinton Presidential Center. Way forward. God. Well, you're absolutely right. Um, we are here at the Clinton Presidential Center um, with an exhibit that is just. Uh, astonishing and uh, mm-hmm. the breadth and depth of its uh, look at the history of the fight for the vote to raise our voices, to claim our rights. And I think that's a conversation that should happen everywhere. It's like Iran, man. <sighs> Where women can't leave the country without their husband's permission. <laughs> Dude, in, in Iran. And you can't attend sports games. I mean, they... they... 
they killed a woman because she wouldn't wear a headscarf. Yes, they did. And then people who said, hey, that's kind of messed up, are also getting killed or jailed. There was that one report yes. where a, a, a social media star in Iran who was openly rooting against Iran in the World Cup in protest of, of the regime uh, put up a video of him dancing around this cake, and apparently someone took him out back and shot him. Yeah, they killed him. Just like the United States. This is not the same as a trigger law that went into effect after the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Well, again, they make it seem, and I would love to see the polling, of how many people think abortion is illegal across the United States. Mm. Because there are people that do believe that. Oh, sure. Well, yeah. Absolutely. And that's why the Democrats made it such an issue. And they won't talk about limits in different states or the polling of what Democrats really want mm -hmm. is abortion up until birth, sometimes after. I mean, what was the last percentage we saw? Was it 10% down with that? 15 tops? Yeah. Oh, it's nowhere near 15, yeah. No. When you're talking, usually it lands somewhere around 9%. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. 80% of the people polled at the Clinton Center said they're okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's crazy, man. It's like a shopping mall. Oh, you know what? This would be a good time to do. I don't know if it's an uplifting story. I think it's a story that has at least a happy ending that could have been really, really bad. This is the story of this family in northern part of Minneapolis, just a neighborhood. This guy's wife is dropping off something at a friend's house. Okay? So she gets out to take something up to the door. He thinks the back door of their SUV is not quite shut. He gets out, right, to shut this door. Some dude, boom, right in, drives off. Gone. Okay? But what this guy did was he had already stole a vehicle and left that vehicle idling nearby. So dad just hops in that and starts rolling after him. <laughs> That we have some of the audio. You'll hear part of his wife and him telling how this went down. I see her taillights leaving. I'm jumping in this van and I'm going after my kids. Raced and caught up to him. As soon as he like turned sideways a little bit to get past the parked vehicle, I just hit the back of my truck and pushed him into this alleyway, trying to pin him against this fence. I was not surprised at all. I was like, yep, that sounds like my husband. Yeah. Oh, man. And the crazy thing was then as... The carjacker is running away. He turns and looks at the guy and says, Sorry, man. And keeps running. <laughs> and I don't know, but you wonder, Okay, dude, I didn't know you had kids in the car. Yeah. I'm not quite sure, but Dad took care of it. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this, man. Based on the tone of her voice in that interview, they're going to be expecting another child soon. Yes. And actually seeing that story and seeing the video... <laughs> Yeah, the way she looks at him is the way any husband would want their wife to look at him, I guarantee you. <laughs> exactly. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Biggest story of the day so far, David. Man, there's a lot of things that are popping right now. I mean, one of them is that uh, apparently U.S. Air Marshals, we, we had this story earlier in the week that Air Marshals are being, yeah. people who are law enforcement on airplanes are being pulled off of airplanes to go be taxi drivers for illegal immigrants and to go mm -hmm. hand out water. And apparently these air marshals are planning some sort of 
you know, re- revolt, basically rebellion against what the Biden administration is having them go do. Like, we're just not going to do it. Yeah. How do you like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get to that story. Also, uh, apparently LeBron James is very upset why the media is not asking more about uh, a Jerry Jones yeah. scandal. <laughs> You're going to love that, Scott. Straight ahead. I'm Jamie Martin. Thank you for being here. I'm the Gen Xer, the Millennials, David Van Camp, and the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. So, David, the U.S. Air Marshals, they have a plan. They're upset about what the Biden administration has told them to do. Yeah, as we talked about earlier in the week, what the Biden administration wants them to do, the Air Marshals are supposed to go down to the border and help hand out water and drive people from point A to point B, which is really not in their job description. And that's really not what they're supposed to be doing at all. In fact, I mean, when you're talking about the busiest air travel season of the year, it, they are kind of needed in those airplanes. It's really interesting. You see this story from the Washington Examiner. They talked to the Air Marshal National Council President, David Londo, who said the rank-and-file air marshals are going to refuse to deploy and risk termination. Just not going to do it. It's going to be a massive rebellion. You're almost going to have a mutiny of a federal agency, which is unheard of. Morale is so destroyed from this. I've never seen anything like it. He goes on to say, you know, as it stands today, we believe that many will refuse to deploy, believing the order is reckless and leaving our country vulnerable to attack. On behalf of our membership, stop these dangerous and irresponsible deployments before our adversaries take advantage of the opportunity this policy has provided. And then you hear something, and because of the date that's in this statement, it grabs your attention. The Federal Air Marshal Service is understaffed and covering the fewest number of flights since before September 11, 2001. We strongly question the decision by the Department of Homeland Security, really, <laughs> Mayorkas. Mm-hmm. To divert much-needed aviation security to the southern border, especially as we enter the busiest travel season of the year, particularly as a federal emergency has not been declared at the border. Yeah. Well, you know, the border's secure. That's what Mayorkas has told us. (laughs) (laughs) He has! With a straight face! Unbelievable, man. We'll see where that goes. Um, Scott, you'll want to know that LeBron James is in the news. I know. I saw this. Oh, okay. Yeah, I saw So it. you're familiar. I am familiar, yeah. Saw it at uh, Daily Wire. So apparently, LeBron is upset at the end of a Q&A with reporters. Um, said, I got one question for you guys before you leave. I was thinking when I was on my way over here, I was wondering why I haven't gotten a question from you guys about the Jerry Jones photo. I didn't know there was such a thing. David, you're familiar with this. Yeah, it, 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 I, I saw it over the Thanksgiving break. 
that there's his photo. Jerry Jones, he lived in uh, Little Rock, uh, Arkansas, and there's when he was a kid. And uh, apparently he is in a photo uh, in a crowd of a few dozen white kids who were there as black students were being able to enter Arkansas's North Little Rock High School. And so this is 57, right? Yeah. So this is supposed to be this big controversy that he was there at all. And so Jerry Jones has said, you know, from this story, I don't know that I or anybody anticipated or had a background uh, of knowing what was involved that day, that he was there to witness what was happening, but not to participate. Said it was more of a curious thing. Yeah. So LeBron's upset of that no one asked him about that because last month he was asked about Kyrie Irving. Yes. And him tweeting out uh, a link to an anti-Semitic movie. Mm-hmm. So you guys asked me about this, but you don't ask me about Jerry Jones. In 1957. But Yeah, I mean, LeBron James inserted himself into that, right? Because he said Kyrie apologized and he should be able to play. That's that. Something like that, right? Yes, he said, help him learn, but he should be playing. Yeah. Because what LeBron is saying is, you asked me about that, but you won't ask me about Jerry Jones. Yeah, what, what do you have to say about Jerry Jones? Who cares? You've got a Twitter account. You can go, you got a podcast or a show or whatever. I mean, well, talk about it there. All, it's also this to me. I mean, Jerry Jones is the Dallas Cowboys owner. Kyrie Irving was your teammate. Without him, you didn't win that championship in Cleveland. He hit the three. He hit the dagger. <laughs> So I understand why you're asked about Kyrie. You want to be asked about every sport? Every owner? Well, and especially an owner who was a teenager in one photograph from 65 years ago. Yes. So who cares? I know they're trying to make... that. You know, media loves to go after the Dallas Cowboys, and they love to go after Jerry Jones in particular, because, I mean, it's like two things that they, 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 they hate fun... And they hate Texas. And so if they can somehow go after uh, Jerry Jones, he's like the perfect symbol. Remember a few months ago when Black Rifle Coffee was going to be a sponsor? Yes. And they are a sponsor of yes. the Dallas Cowboys. Well, can you do that? Gun violence. Everybody's right. like wetting their pants over this. And it's like, oh, a lot of people like Black Rifle Coffee. And I'm Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, and up yours. Let me ask you, LeBron, how much money are you making off the uh, slave labor in China? No kidding. <laughs> I'll wait for your answer. Well, I would say this. So being a Cowboy fan all my life, the Cowboys are hated the way the Yankees are hated, the way Duke is hated. You, it, it, you get that part. Jerry, <laughs> Jerry, over time, has brought some of, the, some of it on himself. Oh, sure. Okay. All that being said... This is a different situation because you're trying to cancel someone for something years ago. And LeBron making this point to say, why don't you ask me about this? And then plays activist by the next thing he said as he's addressing the media. When I watch Kyrie talk and he says, I know who I am, but I want to keep the same energy when we're talking about my people and the things we've been through. And that Jerry Jones photo is one of those moments that our people, black people, have been through in America. And I feel like as a black man, as a black athlete, as someone with power and a platform, 
when we do something wrong or something that people don't agree with, it's on every single tabloid, every single news coverage. It's on the bottom ticker. It's asked about every single day. Well, really? No. I'm not too sure about that, LeBron. Check out the stats and the history of that and what's covered and what's not. But he said, but it seems like to me the whole Jerry Jones situation photo, and I know it was years and years ago, and we all make mistakes. I get it. But it seems like it's just been buried under, oh, it happened. Okay, we just move on. (laughs) And I was just kind of disappointed that I haven't received that question from you guys. Appreciate it. What a fraud this is. You know what? Over the Thanksgiving break, my son-in-law shared this with me. LeBron came up in conversation. And we were talking about just how full of crap he is. He goes, you know, there's like streams of video of him just lying about things that he doesn't need to lie about. And he put one up on YouTube. It's hilarious. And part of that was him talking about how incredible it was to read Malcolm X's book. Oh, yeah. That we've had on the show before. Where he just... he That's one of my favorite all <laughs> times. It, 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 it's it like, really so what, what, what's your favorite part about the Malcolm X uh, autobiography, LeBron? And LeBron's like, well, it's just, uh, you know, hearing from, from his words and the power that we have as... As Negroes, he says that word a lot, and like, <laughs> okay, so it's just amazing. It's amazing to read the words from the man. Yes, it's his autobiography, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and so and I'll say this too: as a Cowboys fan, I've been hard on Dak Prescott at times. Yeah, I think he's improved a lot, but as far as his character, leadership, that's not questioned, at least in my mind. Mm-hmm. I think he. Overall, a pretty good dude. I love the way he handled this because, of course, he's asked about this now and about what LeBron had to say about it. Did you hear what Dak Prescott said? Yeah, and then I saw the. Have you seen it, David? Yeah. Said obviously we can be more empathetic and give grace to one another, regardless of race. From the times we've come from to where we are now, thinking about the growth we've had. Well, that's refreshing. Said that's who I am, how I think, optimistic. I mean, as a guy who is completely biracial, black and white. It's easy for me to speak on race on one side or another. In the same sense, this photo was 65 years ago and how times have changed. I mean, look at the man's resume since then, right? As I said, I give grace. I'm here for growth and giving grace and trying to make this world a better place. That's who I am at my core and what I believe in. Unfortunate things come up from the past, pictures, and they show how far we've come. But at the same sense, they're a reminder of how short of a time ago it was. So that wasn't that long ago that we're still all sitting on different sides and we weren't together. But as I said, I wouldn't be here if it were still that way. So I believe in grace and change. And those are questions for Jerry, for y'all, honestly, I don't have quite the answers for. It's the way you handle it. Yeah. Well, he's, you know, he's not going to bite the hand that feeds him, the slave master who (laughs) is paying him. I mean, that's some of the blowback I'm reading today. Oh, it's so I, dude, typical, dude. Well, of course it is, but that—that's what I'm seeing. That you know, he's he, Jerry's the slave owner and Dak's the slave, and the slave okay. doesn't bite the hand of the slave owner. The slave making what forty million dollars or something like year. that? Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. I just, you know what, man? I, I'm going to sound like a Cowboys homer, and there are times, dude, that I've certainly not been a fan of Jerry. Sometimes I think he's one of the worst things for the Cowboys in that different draft picks, all that stuff. But his relationship with so many former players that he reaches out and helps. All those stories that are like behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. 
Those are feel-good stories. And I'm not saying, hey, I stand up for Jerry Jones' character 100% all the time. I'll say for the record that you uh, impersonated Jerry Jones calling Tony Romo several times. Oh, yeah. Yes. The first few years of yeah, Dak, yeah. Right. Jerry. Hey, Jerry. Or, Tony, it's Jerry. <laughs> what do you think? I hear you up in the booth. You're doing a great job. But there's no job quite like the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> See, I like that. Very good. I don't even think it's that good, but if it entertains you. Oh, I think you'd get through the switchboard if you call the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, saw this. How many people in America do you think uh, believe in astrology? No, they're all on uh, social media, every single one of them. Mm-hmm. You think so? Uh because you see this on your social media feeds? Oh, the, the people are constantly dabbling in this stuff. Well, what percent do you think believe in it? Uh, actually, believe in it? Yes. 35%. 35? Okay. Yeah. David? I'd say like 30, probably. Okay. Um, how many believe in aliens? Well, I'll have the answer in a second. Uh, uh, 75%. I'll say 80%. No, it's way lower than that. Actually. Really? Yeah. Um, 26% of us believe in astrology. Okay. 17% say psychics are legit. <laughs> okay. Well, that 17% were all psychics, by the way. 18% think dream catchers work. 13% uh, do think some fortune tellers are legit. 15% trust tarot card readings. Oh, gosh. Mm. Oh, boy. Does this, like, kill your hope? doesn't help it for mankind um 29% think manifesting works that's where you keep telling yourself over and over you'll get something eventually it will happen <laughs> still waiting well, the look on his face is great well i think it depends on what you're asking for cuz there is i think such a thing as as positive self talk that it's yeah. not so much that like it magically happens for you but if you tell yourself this is going to happen, like I'm, I'm going to, you know, sure, win this negotiation with my boss for more money. I'm going to do this stuff, and you know, that I think that can work, but it's not a magical thing. It's not like if I sit here and say I'm going to find a million dollars in my studio someday, over and over again, I'm going to walk in and there's going right. to be a million dollars sitting in my studio. No, it doesn't work that way. No. Okay, last couple. How many people do you think uh, believe physical objects can hold spiritual energy? The rolling of the eyes. Well, again, Robbins. I mean, people I, keep saying, "Can you just video Robbins for I'll the show?" 15 percent with an eye roll. David, I'll go uh, twenty. It's thirty-one. Good God, <laughs> I'm one of what them. Is, honestly, that a, a stationary object has spiritual energy. Yeah, really. Well, I, I don't know why you're so judgy, Scott. You're the one who like collects all this stuff. Why do you I'm collect not, this but stuff? But I don't believe done... it has any spiritual powers. Well, it clearly does over you. <laughs> no, it, it's You've got the joint. Kate Bush single and you won't sell it when it's worth $90. <laughs> but it doesn't give me personal energy or good Apparently it or... does because spiritual you won't part energy. with it. Selling it go. would give me did, good good vibes, I'm sure. Did mean to start a fight, Ali. How about how about aliens? Well, the It's like 30% according oh. to this. 21% think mediums can channel people's spirits. No. 
Uh, Aliens are going to come visit you if you deny their existence. I'm just saying. It's a warning. How many people keep weapons in the car? How about that? That and a news update straight ahead. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Well, you mentioned it. Alex Jones has filed for bankruptcy in Texas. The day after the interview with Ye. Yeah. Well, I was, was wondering how disaster. this guy was making any money. I'm guessing he was going to file today yeah. anyway. It I, wasn't because of Ye. Well, I mean, the guy's in the hole by, like, what, $2 billion or something like that? Billion <laughs> I mean, just the ridiculous yeah. rulings that have been, I mean, the, the ridiculous amounts of money that have been um, awarded to the families of the Sandy Hook tragedy um, who sued him. I mean, it's, it's wild. I mean, huge judgments uh, against him. So, yeah, you can't. I'm guessing Alex Jones doesn't have $2 billion laying around in the couch cushions or whatever to, to pay out. Um, but, yeah, it is kind of interesting. I think that's one of the things that was so remarkable to me yesterday watching that crazy Kanye West interview is that this dude knows he's about to go into court and file for bankruptcy, and the bankruptcy filing is not the worst thing that happened to him this week. That's what it looked like. It's <laughs> wild, man. Oh, and then the rule from the show is any time Kanye West is said, then yay mm-hmm. has to be clarified yeah. by the old Scott Robbins clip. Uh, I was oh, way ahead of my time. Real quick, man. Yeah. Oh, run out of time. Um, I mentioned how many people keep weapons in the car. It's two-thirds. We can get more into that later. Wow. Most popular, knife, pepper spray, or a gun. Uh-huh. We'll get into more of that later. we got to set you up for the Friday Five. It's a countdown that we do every Friday. What's the holiday or what's the celebration, David? Uh, gift of Eyesight Month. It's the Gift of Eyesight Month. Okay. You know what we're doing, then. Uh-huh. We're the greatest songs of all time with I or eyes in the title. Oh, wow. I don't think there's ever been a list that we were more far off on with our picks. It's yeah. really interesting. You know how it works. You want to get in early. 210-619-2053. It's the Friday Five. Songs with I or I's in the title. Next. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. It's Friday. That means a countdown. Do it every Friday. The countdown is on. You know what this means? It's our favorite time of the week. Anybody wants to get mellow, you can get the f*** out of here, all right? The Friday Five. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. On the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Okay. Friday 5, we take a little break from news. Maybe we do a celebration. What are we celebrating today, David? Uh, it is the Gift of Eyesight Month. 
And so thought, hey, what about songs with I or I's in the title? Great idea. You know, we've done this in the past. The countdown's changed a little bit. This is really interesting. So the greatest songs of all time with I in the title. The criteria works like this. How big a hit or how iconic is the song? Then you ask, what is the test of time on this song? And then it's how much do you personally like it? Put it all together, and we have our five. It is a diverse list. Yeah, it is. Yeah. The number's 210-619-2053. It's always fun when you play along. Who's up first, Dave? Let's talk to our buddy Johnny in Salina, Kansas. Hey, Johnny. Happy Friday, brothers! Johnny! Happy <laughs> Friday! Hey, how you doing, guys? Good to talk Great. to you. Got number one again. It's like the personal all-time record for myself here. Uh, nice. You know, uh, real real quick, I want to tell Scott, you really got to share your Salan pass there with uh, Jamie because uh, everybody likes school in the Salan. I don't really know what it's all about, but be nice, man. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, Biden's always talking about Franks and whatever, and he's all big and all talk, but the problem is he got no beans, man. <laughs> no beans at all. But anyway, I know we're crazy time. So I'm going to go uh, with, it's uh, actually my wake-up alarm song every morning. I blast it full, full throttle through the house. How about I the Tiger, man? Get going. Johnny, you're the king, dude. Number one. Johnny will never stop making you Okay, did everybody have this number one? I did not have it number one. I did. And- what it came down to was my personal like. It's like, yeah, it's fine. I got nothing against the song, but my personal like is not that high. Yeah, because you got to give it a 10 for hit. Absolutely. For iconic. And a 9 at least for test yeah. time. Oh, yeah. And then it comes down to personal like. Yeah. yeah. I guess we liked it enough, Scott. Yep. Yeah. Big, big hit. Okay, good number one. Who's next? Uh, let's talk to Jim in Portland. Hey, Jim. Hey guys, uh, you know when I, when I hear Joe Biden calling France Frank, it reminds me of the little girl in Home Alone when she tells Kevin, "You're what the French call les incompetents." <laughs> Good one. But Joe would just think that means you're a great guy because he's a moron. <laughs> he's he's lay incontinent. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, Billy Idol, eyes without a face. Dude, yeah. Okay. Where did I have this? Did I have this in three? Yeah, I think so. Three or four. Yeah, three. And it was because we were debating this yesterday. Scott, I think you said it wasn't that big. That was number four. Top I four. I guess I slipped on that one. That was Billy Idol's first top ten hit. I guess Rebel Yell didn't get played by top 40. Anyway, I like that, that song. I love the breakdown in the middle. Steve Stevens and the guitar. Yeah, man. So I had that in the five, but it got hosed. In my opinion. All right. But that's why we do the countdown. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it fun. I know human. <laughs> I do enjoy your Billy Idol, Scott. Thank you. It's really good. Okay, who's next? Let's talk to Mary in Delaware. Hey, Mary. Hi, guys. Happy Friday. Mary, right. happy Friday. Thanks for checking in. Yes, but checking in from Marathon in the Keys on this Friday. Oh, 
Mary, you got the life. A lot of traveling. Yep, that's awesome. Good for Somebody you. Somebody has to. Thank you. So today I'm going to go with Brown Eyed Girl by Van Morrison. Yes. You, my brown eyed girl. See, Mary, I think I think this one got out of the top five. Are we used to sing? That is a test of time. And there's no doubt about that. It was a hit, too. Yeah. I thought you might have it in there, David. I thought Scott would, too. Admittedly, I'm not the biggest Van Morrison fan. And I did get burned out on that song. Not only did I play it on the radio for years, but I used to do this gig DJing a college bar. Every college girl in the late 80s, early 90s got to play Brown Eyed Girl over and over and over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why didn't you have it on? Not a favorite. Really? Not really. I like Van Morrison, but that's probably my least favorite Van Morrison song. Because in that song, he doesn't go, right? I would appreciate more of, more of the scat. <laughs> yes, of yeah. course, yes. Ooh, oh, man. That didn't make the five either. And the reason? We all decided the test of time is not quite there anymore. Not really there, no. I love that the is, song. Man, I'll tell you what, that is one of those songs you hear, and I think it's really well done, and I think it's a great song. There are times I just don't want to hear it because it's sad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I just meet my grandma, and I'm like, oh, golly, that's sad. Yes, so you do have those. All right, who's next? Uh, let's talk to James in Oregon. Hey, James. Hey, Sean, Sean, I'm on the, I'm on the radio I it's Ozzy, and I'd like to nominate my song. Uh, if I close my my eyes together, no, if I if I close my eyes forever, yes, Lita, yes, Lita, for if I close my eyes forever, yes. Thanks, Ozzy. Did you play that one at Top 40, Scott? Yeah. I thought that was a crossover hit from Rock Radio and Top 40. Yes. You know what brought them together? No. Sharon Osbourne managed them both. No. So, you know, how about a ballad? Mm. And it was one of those that was a hit. But it's not exactly a test of timer. It's a and there are a lot song. Of... It's an uneasy song. <laughs> I just... I get uneasy every time I hear it. <laughs> just something eerie about it. Something. <sighs> it's the Friday Five countdown we do every Friday. Um, what is the name of the holiday, David? Uh, it is the Gift of Eyesight Month. That's why we're doing songs with I or eyes in the title. The number, 210-619-2053. Who's next? Uh, let's talk to Tony in Pennsylvania. Hey, Tony. Jesus, greetings, cousins. <laughs> Tony, thanks for checking in, man. Yes, How are you doing in Pennsylvania? I, I heard, yes, well, I'm originally from Pennsylvania, so I use this yes. to confuse you. Thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> heard that Heard that Fauci hurt his flanker back. He fell off the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. That's what I heard, yes. Could have, yes, but it could have been worse if he had not landed on Robin's cat. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Cat was fine, by the and way. I also, That's good. I also understand that Mike Lee went to see the movie Puss in Boots, but was disappointed. He thought it was about the Dorcas in hip boots waiting the Rio Grande to welcome <laughs> illegal invaders. Yes! I want to see Puss in Boots take out my Orcas. That would be great. 
<laughs> God, there's a movie. There it is. It is a movie. Okay. What's your pick today? Well, my pick is according to Karine Jean Van Damme, it is a universal tality known fact that the best eye song is Lying Eyes by the Eagles. <laughs> Number two. You can't There's the Pennsylvania. Should I share the debate we had on this yesterday? Sure. Okay. So you know that's a big hit. It's iconic, right? Yep. And you know it's a total test of timer. Yep. So the question was, if there's a song that you've liked a lot through your lifetime, and you really think it's well done, it's a good song, but you may not want to hear it that much anymore, what do you give that for a light score? I think we landed right around a six out of ten. Yeah. yeah. Six or seven, yeah. Yeah. So I w- would say in yeah, different periods, you'd give it like an eight. Yeah. Maybe higher. But yeah, that's it's still a long. Great it's two. really long. 614. Yeah. Thank you. No problem. Um, you know, one I'm really surprised that did not make your top five. And I, I mean this because I thought you had voted for it before, Scott. Which one? <laughs> I don't know if I voted for that before or not. Because I remember you saying, listen, man, that Eric Carmen song was massive. Huge. That was Dirty Dancing soundtrack, right? Yep. Yes. And it was a test of timer, but that's fallen out of favor with you over time. Yeah. Okay. All right. Who's next, David? Uh, let's talk to MJ listening in Atlantic City. Hi. Hi, MJ. MJ, what's going on? Hey, happy Friday, guys. Thanks. You too, MJ. Um... One of my, it's funny you picked this topic today, but one of my favorite songs I'm showing my age is These Eyes by The Guess Who. Good, good song. Well, Nothing you're wrong coming with that. in strong today. Number five. These eyes. Is that high on your list, David? Is that how that it got was in? high on my list? Yeah, that was my number two. Wow. What is the test of time on that? It's pretty good. I think it's okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's terrible. You love the Guess Who's. I got. love Burton Cummings' voice. Yes. But you didn't have it in your five. No, it didn't make my five. I'm kind of tired of it. Oh. There's a weariness to that with me. Right okay, now. all right. That's fine. You know what you did have in your five that kind of surprised me? I am the guy in the sky. Oh, no, that's... Yeah. Okay, go ahead and elaborate. No, I mean, I, I love the song. It, it's, the test of time is still pretty good because it gets played in arenas all over the place. What? Oh, yeah, like for the, the replay? Cirrus into the, yeah. Yeah. I just, I, yeah. Well, they'll do because it was known as like the Bulls theme. Yeah. And, and, but, but they gets, don't go into Eye in the Sky. Well, they do on the asleep. replays. What? They do on the replays if they're looking at replays. Oh, man. The eye in the sky. Come on, man. Act like you've been somewhere. <laughs> Dude, at the arenas I've been to, I'm dr- I'm trying to remember anybody during a replay that's doing that. David, you know that. <laughs> I know of it. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever experienced it. No. Oh, my goodness. All right. Songs with I in the title. That is the Friday Five, and we'll wrap it up. Coming up right here.
The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Number one. Jamie Markley. David Van Camp. Scott Robinson. We're finishing up Friday 5. That's your number one. Songs with I in the title. Survivor, I am a tiger. Big hit, test of time. Yes. Number two, Lion Eyes from the Eagles. Number five, the guess who, These Eyes. Also had a bunch of honorable mentions. Well, there was Billy Idol. There was Alan Parsons, Willie Nelson, Van Morrison, Ozzy Osbourne, and Leah Ford, and the list goes on. So the number again to call is 210-619-2053 if you want to get in. We're still looking for number three and number four. Who's next, David? Let's talk to James in Portland. Hey, James. Hey, happy Friday, gentlemen. Love the show. How you doing? Thanks, James. James. Doing well, man. Thanks for checking in. Hey, now don't forget uh, this Sunday when you go to church, don't forget to uh, pray for yay. (laughs) Top of the list, bro. Yes, you know, I mean that that you, I mean you joke. I mean I get it, but gee whiz, I mean if anybody could use divine intervention right now, it's that guy. You are absolutely right. Yeah. Hey, uh, my, my guest today, uh, I'm going to go Jeff Healy Band, uh, Angel Eyes. Wow, man, that was a big hit. John Hyatt wrote that song. Nice fact behind the song. That was Rock Radio, Top 40 Radio, but the test of time, man. Is that anywhere anymore? I don't hear it. No. I don't hear it anywhere. It's too bad. Always good to see Jeff Healy in Roadhouse when you're watching that movie again. Yeah. Yeah. Great player Didn't in his time. Did he die a few years ago? Yeah. yeah that's what I died thought. a while back. Yeah. Way to bring everybody down, man. Well, no, I just, you know. No, oh, I know. It's... No, it was sad, man. But it, as far as a guitar player and just an artist, the way he was able to do what he was able to do. Being blind? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. All right, who's next, David? Uh, we got Uncle Schultze in Oregon. Yeah, gentlemen, I was listening to your clip from that Hillary Clinton interview earlier, and it mm-hmm. occurred to me that's probably why the sperm count and is down and erectile, erectile dysfunction is up. I mean, listening to that voice. Now, yes. if I want to, now if I want to get them back up again, both of them. I listen to the smooth, soothing sounds of Kim Carnes and Betty Davis eyes. Yeah. There you go, man. Wow, that's a great day. That's a great take. (laughs) You know, something else that was honorable mention that didn't make it into the top five, I was a little surprised because I think both you guys are fans. Big hit. No. But what, just not not enough personal like? Time is is not high. All right. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. We got time for another. We still got three and four to get to. Uh, Yeah. Let's go ahead and talk to Woody in Vancouver. Hey, Woody. Hey, guys. Love your show. How about the number one 1977 classic from Crystal Gale? Don't it make my brown eyes blue? Yeah, dude. We debated that yesterday with Tessa Time. And maybe it's a bigger test of time than we gave it credit for. Yeah. Still like that song. Number four on the strength of Scott Robbins. Number four. In your eyes, the light, the heat. In your eyes, I am 
Wow. David, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of me, too. Yeah. That's a great song. Terrible. Okay. All right. That's a great song. Let's inject some testosterone back into this. With, okay. okay. We'll wind up. Yeah. We'll Number three. Behind Blue Eyes from the Pooh. From who's next? The comic test of time. Big. When my fist clenches. So there's your five for Ice Song. Survivor. Eagle. The Who. Peter Gabriel. But guess who? Thanks for playing along as always. This is the Mark McMahon Camp and Robin Show. Okay. Reset, David. Biggest story of the day. Oh, uh, there's a lot, but I think one of the biggest stories is immigration officials under-reporting the number of illegals they're letting into the country and not keeping track of by like 18,000%. Jeez. God. <laughs> Isn't that astounding? It is. It's uh, all, just a little bit outside. It's all by design. That's yeah, the crazy well, thing. It's, it's happening every day, and we all feel helpless because there's nothing we can do. Golly. And this is what people voted for. Mm-hmm. It's not like we didn't know it was going to happen. Wow. Okay, we'll get an update on that. Plus, Scott Robbins, you have your top three stories of the day. And I know what one of them is. I haven't heard the clip, but I can't wait to hear it. Straight ahead right here. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Thank you for being here. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer, David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Well, we know we have a crisis at the border, right? It's never stopped. Uh, yeah, it's really bad. And w- the numbers that we have, we know that that's just uh, kind of the tip of the iceberg, right? Yes. Uh, well, the new report out from internal documents that were leaked from Immigration and Customs, uh, Customs Enforcement say that uh, the number of people who have been let go without any sort of, you know, ankle bracelet monitoring or that free phone or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the publicly available stats are off by about 18,000%. 18,000%. Yeah. Um, the border, the border is secure. So, Department of Homeland Security. This was initially Mayorkas. Yeah, this was initially uh, reported by uh, the Daily Caller that Immigration and Customs Enforcement ICE is under-reporting the number of illegal aliens released into the country without any tracking technology by more than eighteen thousand percent. This is an internal document that was making the rounds. Uh, that included, or the internal document, I should say, was sent out not only to ICE officials, but uh, to leaders from nonprofit organizations. Um, and <laughs> uh, this has to do with the Alternatives to Detention program, which actually started in 2004, which is basically instead of detaining everybody at the border, you just give them an ankle bracelet or, or some way of contacting them, of finding them. Uh, ICE disclosed to the attendees of this conference they had that there are about uh, just shy of 50,000 illegal aliens that aren't monitored with any tracking equipment. Its own website says there are 266. Just a tad off. (laughs) (laughs) 
okay, is there any prediction of when this is going to end? When we're actually going to secure the border? What's it going to take? I don't know. If you'd asked me this a year ago, I'd have said, well, you know, two or three months from now, we got to do something. They don't care. They, they obviously don't care. Well, David, you got your finger on the pulse of Texas. Do you think that sooner or later states are just going to say, we got, we got to do something? Yeah. We're Governor decimated Abbott, here. Governor Abbott has already uh, started, you know, getting the wheels in motion for that, for declaring it an invasion under the Constitution, basically saying that if the federal government is not able to stop an invasion, the states have the right to, to do what they can to stop it. And so, you know, we'll, th- this will be a uh, court battle for sure in the long run, but... I, I I do think that um, you are going to have to have governors of border states actually come out and say it. And right now it looks like Texas is the only one that's in a position to do it because the other border states are yeah. well, run by liberals now. Yes. So, yeah. I don't want to speak for the people of Texas, but you get the sense that that's certainly what the people want. Yeah. And I'll just say would probably be willing to give a hand if asked. Mm. Leave it at that. You know, it's hard. to We can't wrap your head around it really completely until you're like there or one of those towns or cities. And seriously, I mean, oh, it's, it's difficult to even comprehend this. Yeah. But I mean, as far as news media. Yeah. Are you kidding me? They don't care. That's no. what they want to happen. Not the least bit curious. No. Well, until, you know, people show up at Martha's Vineyard. Then, ah! Yeah, norms. I mean, that, Elon Musk could buy the border. <laughs> I mean, that's the sad part is that a lot of the towns, especially in South Texas, are are in very very poor communities uh, that they don't have the resources to no. make a stink about it, like Martha's Vineyard and all that. I think that's why you had leaders of places like Eagle Pass looking at the sympathy that people in in on Martha's Vineyard got. Well, we came together and we made them soup, and then we had the federal government take right. them off our island. Bye. But right. they changed you. Yeah, yeah, you know, changed my life forever. Oh, changed their lives. Yeah. yeah. Life changing. Um, and then they got the hell off my island. Uh, yes. But, but, you know, there are people in Eagle Pass and all up and down South Texas who were saying, well, wait a minute, we've been dealing with this for like a couple of years, and nobody is coming to, uh, and actually dealing with it. Uh, you no, know, man. with the limited resources, and nobody's been patting us on the back for it. Dereliction of duty. How do you make Those an argument that this is a good Mayorkas. thing? I mean, how do you make that argument? You don't. All right, we got to move on. We got to right, get to your big go. three. Let's go. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins, it's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Okay, Scott Robbins, stop through today. Help my buddy. Hi, it's me, Casey. Oh, Casey. Yes, Casey Kasem is hero in life. Hey, buddy. And I think he's ready. I'm ready. Yeah, okay. of course. Three. Uh, number three, California's Reparations Task Force has made its recommendation. Yeah, $223,200 per slave descendant for housing discrimination compensation in the great state of California, which will cost, at the end of the day, $512.8 billion in expenditures. So just waiting for what? For the uh, signature of Gavin Newsom. 
Well, no, that they're. It, well, it's got to go through the process yet. Yeah, yeah. they they just made a uh, recommendation. They've been, but they've been tasked. They've been they've been told to do this. Yeah, they were they were to convened. make this recommendation. Here's how much. Yeah, they were convened in uh, in 2020, I believe, and they've been traveling all over the country trying to see what the uh, best practices for reparations might be. <laughs> $223,000. Well, you pump that kind of money in the economy, but look how many things people will buy. The economic will, will blow up. The economy will. Mm-hmm. Do they predict that this is actually going to happen? No. Because anything I've ever read anywhere has said it's never going to pass. No. It, but then it's California, and then all bets are off. Well, yeah, their recommendation is actually based for a nationwide thing. That would be every... Yeah. Every descendant, anyone who could prove that they were a descendant of a slave would get $223,000 or something like that. Okay. And you can do that easily, right? No. Retro, but retroactive compensation is a weird concept anyway. I understand. But also proving. That you're a descendant? Yes. Yeah, well. Well. Dude, they. I know that, but look at the, look at the pandemic money that went out. Yeah, I'm but that saying, one, it, yeah, it wouldn't take much. Is my point? Yes, that w- that would be the way that would roll. Disaster. Yeah, we're getting closer and closer to number one. Scott Robbins trifecta top three of the day. Two. Uh, so number two, uh, speaking of California, Representative Maxine Waters uh, is buddies with that FTX fraudster Sam Bankman-Fried, the guy who took this crypto exchange, took a bunch of people's yeah. money, and then funneled it into another failing company, lost everything. And the sympathy for this guy it, is really outrageous. It is mind-numbing. It is mind-numbing. Maxine Waters to FTX. We appreciate that you've been candid in your discussions about what happened at FTX. Your willingness to talk to the public will help the company's customers, investors, and others. To that end, we would welcome your participation in our hearing on the 13th. Love Maxine Waters. Well, there, yeah. There so were. the whole, I'm sorry, David, the whole <laughs> talking point when this first happened was he gave Democrats so much cash, right? he figured he would be covered mm-hmm. if anything went haywire. And Maxine Waters <laughs> is by far, Maxine Waters is the only investment that's ever paid off for this guy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, he's getting a lot of return on it now. A couple of years ago where uh, she blew him a kiss during a hearing. Yes. Yeah. Holy smokes, man. Yeah, he uh, contributed more than $300,000 to members of her committee, 95% of which are Democrats. It's transparency. And $40 million to congressional Democrats during the midterms. Wow. Okay. Now, on with the countdown. <laughs> wasn't his money, just playhouse. Scott Robbins, trifecta, top three of the day, and all the way up to... One. Could be my favorite story. Uh, number one, CNN's Don Lemon stuns the audience by telling the truth about women's soccer. Yeah, pandemonium erupted too. Don Lemon speaking truth about women's soccer's soccer and the discrepancy in the amount of money paid. Yeah, well, this is Don. I'm agreeing with Don, by the way. Mm-hmm. Wow, this, this is a first. Yeah, because okay. I guess the story is under the new agreement, uh, the women the will dough. get the money from Half the, the television stuff. Yep. Yeah. Um, that the men are actually earning. Yeah. So there you, there you go. And, and and Don, as nuts as he is, he, he finds fault with this one. Yeah, okay. here we go. Business people, the people who make money off of sports, 
We'll put that on television because we live in a capitalist society. And if people are interested in that, then there would be more attention and more money would be paid. So it's about the money. But here's the thing, and this is the point that that I was making that goes to that which is why is that what people are watching? It's because it's what they're used to watching. Why is it because it's what they're used to watching? Because men were putting men's sports on TV yes. way before women's sports. Yes. So it's the systemic okay. institutionalized thing. No, I'm not saying they are just more interested no, in it. I don't believe that's accurate. I respect your point, and I hear what you're saying. I don't believe that's accurate. We live in a capitalist society, and if people can make money off of whatever it is, they are going to exploit it. So the blowback on Don is big, is what you're saying? Yeah, because they haven't had as much time to develop the product as men's sports, and men are still making all the decisions. So what are people on the left saying to Don then? Well, that's what they're saying to him. They're they're just saying, how could you? How could you? Yeah, you betrayed us. You betrayed us. Yeah. Wow. But the the argument that it needs just needs to be around longer. And if it were around as long as men's sports, it'd be equal in terms of viewership and money and, and attendance no. is not true. No, it's it's really not true. You think about how much like WNBA and oh, really nothing against those athletes, but how much exposure no. they get in media and all that uh, relative to the amount of interest that is out there. It is way disproportionate. I mean, we hear all the time we're supposed to care about the WNBA and the reality is a lot of people don't because it's not an... For most people, it's not an entertaining form of the sport. Now you look at, and not all women's sports are created equal. Because if you look at women's softball, the college softball World Series rivals or some years actually eclipses the amount of viewership that the college World Series, the men get. We've talked about this before. Yeah, yeah. Softball's it's a different game, and it's, it is, it's fun to watch. It is fun to watch. I agree. Yeah, I'm a viewer. I watch it. But the NBA, now this is part of, of the Bill Burr comedy routine. They've had 20 years, 20-plus years to cultivate an audience for their product. And, he's, and his argument is women don't go. Well, not only that, man. You know, at least, and I think the stats still bear this out. I don't have it in front of me. But as far as women that watch the NBA, yeah, don't watch the WNBA. No. Because they just don't find it interesting. It's not as good. And that's your choice. You can watch whatever you want to watch. But what we found out, you know, over time, especially in the last six months, people on the left, if you don't watch what they put out, well, then they're going to give you a name. It's your fault. Yes. Yeah. You're homophobic. You're yeah. racist. You're sexist. sexist. You're whatever, because you don't want to watch what we put out there. No. Yeah, you put out a movie <laughs> with uh, two guys in it, and it's As sips, a comedy? And, yeah. And yes. you, you, you're, you go, well, it's because you're homophobic. Yes. If the product is good, we'll watch it. Period. People get to decide what they want to see, man. And there you have it. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. All right, I can leave this by this weekend knowing that I agree with Don Lemon. And there's a chance we come together. That's right. (laughs) All right, we got to get through another news update. And Nimrod's in the news. Straight ahead. Show. 
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, news update, David Van Camp. Yeah, well, we're, we're still digging through some of these documents that were put out and uh, referenced by Senator Josh Hawley, but it has to do with the Department of Homeland Security's Ministry of Defense, or I'm sorry, Ministry of Truth, I should say. That this was under is something, man. So one of the things is, remember Alejandro Mayorkas had said, well, this, this whatever they actually called it, the Disinformation Governance Board, yes. headed by Nika, uh, Nina Jankowitz. Yes. And uh, who, by the way, has now registered as a foreign agent because <laughs> she's lobbying. Just within the last couple of weeks. She's yes. lobbying for a, uh, a censorship group out of the UK. So, hmm. Cool. Yeah. Where the, you know, in the UK, the cops can show up at your door if you say that a transgender person is a, actually a man. Like, they could punish you, actually, Yeah, for saying that. They're trying to take away people's rights all over the yeah. place. Well, the, the thing is, is during testimony earlier this year, back in May, actually, before they axed this particular board, they said, well, the board hadn't actually met and was still in uh, the process of being formulated. Well, it turns out that's actually not true. They had initially met on February 4th and then continued to schedule weekly meetings thereafter. And they weren't actually approved to be an entity wow. within the government, whatever. But remember, Mayorkas was out there, and Jankowitz, too, on her farewell tour, was like, but we, we just want to make sure that, you know, Nazis don't have a platform and, 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 and that Russians don't spread disinformation. Now, you, you tell me who I'm impersonating there. I can't tell if that's supposed to be Nina Jankowitz or Alejandro It's Mayorkas. like they got together and had a child they, from hell. They do actually kind of sound similar. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and, and so, yeah, they lied. They lied about it. They lied about the intentions. Big Tech was involved in this. And uh, this is their. This is what they want to do. This is what the Biden administration wants to do, which is crack down on speech a la uh, what's happening in Europe and in the U.K., where you can literally be arrested or fined for saying something that offends someone. Okay. More on that next week. we got to get the Nimrods. Gosh, dang when the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News. This is crazy. Got a Germany 72-year-old hospital patient. Got arrested. Patient. Why? Unplugging a roommate's ventilator. Why would she do that? Oh, my gosh. That sound was annoying. Oh, jeez. The other patient, a 79-year-old lady, needed the ventilator to breathe. Yeah, yeah, that's why you have ventilators. She did it once. Hospital staff said, hey, don't do that again. Do you understand? She needs this ventilator. It's life or death. Okay, I understand. And then she did it later in the night anyway. Jeez. Luckily, the other woman is okay, but person that did it was in court she's facing charges for attempted manslaughter yeah and absolutely should be for crying out loud it's absolutely nuts oh (laughs) and some carjackers stole a car with a flat tire (laughs) didn't make it very far they were caught that's them rides of the news